When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is a very delayed Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back to another episode of Habs Nightly. We will get into uh, what happened as why you guys didn't get a Monday episode. But uh, before we can even go on, uh, Mason hit me with uh, he couldn't have a second beer because he was going to the gym tonight. And then I opened another one of my beers, which uh, I guess forced him to open another one. But I really wanted to get into that because Mason, first off, what's up, bud? Oh, as you can hear, I just cracked open my second beer. Thanks to you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, go on. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I was talking out of my ass there. Oh, you're so, cool. please. so, but like, look, dude, you're 19 years old and I get it. Fitness, right? That's like the opposite spectrum of me. But I was always very healthy. Uh, I love going to the gym and shit like that. Um, actually, I really want to get back into it now that my back's like doing a lot better. So, but at your age, I was never afraid to go to the gym. Absolutely buckled. Yeah, but I have to drive there. Oh, okay. 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 Because I live in a small town and honestly, it's like five minutes up the road. So like you could get fucking buckled and just take, you know, the three back streets and get there. Um. (laughs) And I used to, and I, I don't, I don't want my young f- listeners to, <laughs> to think this is okay. But when I worked in the city, when I turned like 22, like I so said, like 22 to 27, um, I had lost all kinds of weight and I was just going to the gym, but I was going after I got off of my like 12 hour shift at Turtle Bay in the city. So I would start drinking at like, I don't know, like 10 at night. And then my shift would end at four. So I was like fucking annihilated. And then we drive back to the parish, which is like, I don't know, like 15 minute ride. And then we, we immediately go to the gym 
and work out for like two fucking hours. And I just always felt so much better working out fucking just blasted. So I, I understand now because you said you'd have to drive and you're trying to be safe, but I was just confused as to why, or if you hadn't been drunk and fucking did any type of weightlifting. Well, the gym's like a 15 minute drive for me, but mm-hmm. the I don't know what it's like in uh, Louisiana. Cause I assume it's different, different States, but in Canada and in, in Ontario, uh, you get, there's like three classes of license you get. Mm-hmm. So you get your G1, you can get that the day you turn 16, you pay $50, you write a test, you get your G1. That means you can, uh, drive with like your parent in the yeah. car beside you. Right. And then if you take driver's ed after eight months, you can go get your G2. If you don't take driver's ed, it's 12. You can go get your G2 and your G2 basically says you can drive without, you know, anyone you can drive by supervision. Yeah. yeah. But then you have like four or five years to get your G and your G is like, you're a fully licensed driver. And basically that means that your insurance goes down and mm-hmm. a, a little few other things. But the big difference is uh, when you have your G2, your blood alcohol level is zero. You can't have any and drive. Oh, nice. And it's actually expanded to, it doesn't matter if you're G, if you're 21 and under your blood alcohol level has to be zero when you're driving. Good for all. I'm actually looking it up right now. Well, I mean, that's not something I think a lot of people like I don't drive drunk and I don't think I've ever driven hammered, but I've definitely driven after driving, like drinking two beers. But it's something like if you get caught doing that, like it's it's illegal in Canada. Right. Okay. so Louisiana uh, is point oh eight and then the zero tolerance, whatever that is. It's 0.02. So I guess that's like a beer or two. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can't remember what the legal limit is, like, to drive with your G. But uh, you metabolize you metabolize a beer in an hour. So mm-hmm. whatever. That, that's how I do it. Um. Yeah, starting, you know, you've inspired me though, kind of it's my last day of my bulk. I'm starting my cut tomorrow. So I figure fuck it, I'll just have the beer. We'll start because uh, I'm in for hell for the next few weeks. So Okay. Fuck um, it. So honestly, I've never like I've never really um like did the bulk or cut stuff i just went to the gym like i don't know what any of that means i just chose days that were like arms uh and did like arms and like i think back together or no it was like arms and chest or some shit and then i did back one day then it was legs one day and then just rinse and repeat you know with like a shitload of cardio yeah see 
Love Carl. That's what I've always done for the last like two years, year and a half. And then I went to college and I realized that <laughs> eating healthy as I was beforehand is really fucking difficult to do when you live in a dorm. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just had like, I gave up a, like, I'd say like two or three months ago, I gave up and I was like, fuck it. Okay. So I went on a bulk and I just basically, it means like, well, there's two kinds. There's a clean bulk and a dirty bulk. A dirty bulk means you eat whatever the fuck you want, which I don't really like. Cause I feel like shit, but I went on a bulk. So you just, you eat like a shit ton with the whole like ideas. Like you have to work out too, mm-hmm. but you build muscle quicker because you have more energy available in your body. Right. But all obviously you put on fat too. So I'm, yeah, I'm so the it's, heaviest. It's, I've it's ever like a bodybuilder type of uh, like way of going about it. I, I definitely did the dirty bulk for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not, I don't go to the gym to build muscle. I go to the gym to stay in shape, but it was mm-hmm. kind of just a natural thing. Like I realized like, I'm not going to be able to avoid it. So I just did the bulk anyway. And I'm at like 196 right now, which is the heaviest I've ever been. Jesus Christ. Good for you. No, dude, I've probably lost probably around like, I'd say 500 pounds, but just back back and forth because uh, i normally end up losing a shitload of weight um and then either injuring myself into where i can't do it any for a hot minute or i fall off track because of shit like i don't know like covid you know or i get like real depressed and i stop going for a while but i've always had like a back and forth relationship with uh, the gym, but I've always found myself back. And when I go, I fucking love it, but I get really fucking <laughs> like really fucking um, lazy. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Cause I know when I do go to the gym, there's going to be no, like no time off. Like I, I, I just end up like doing too much there. So it like takes away from like everything else, but yeah. And like, that's when the, I do go, I am healthy. Issue. Well, cause like I find the same thing. I'll, when I'm, when I'm going COVID's made it really hard. Cause especially in Canada and on well, Ontario specifically, we've had the gyms open and closed like three times, three, four times. Yeah. So once you get out of your rhythm, it's so hard to get back into it, which is where I'm at right now. Cause I didn't go for like three weeks. Cause I had midterms and there was a bunch of stuff and now I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go. But <laughs> so I started going again last week and yeah, the first few days it was like, Oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I'd rather just sit at home. But yeah. Then it becomes routine. And you know, at the end of the day, like I, I don't need to have a six pack. Like I'd rather be a little, a little fat and happy than <laughs> shredded and not. I've just always eat. been just a massive unit. What? <laughs> <laughs> just either i'm either like the flabby version of it or i'm just like like the fucking bolder version of it i've never been able to like 
lose the gut completely, but it just takes either like a flabby form or it takes a fucking solid form. But <laughs> I mean, some people are just built that. This little thick bore. Fucking um. No, so yeah. but, uh Should we get into? Yeah, well, so first, we first before we go, yeah, I was exactly. So I was gonna say before we get into anything, I wanted to wanted to explain to our viewers, I'm really, really sorry. Um, you know, I mean, both of us are really sorry, but uh, just really sorry we weren't able to get to you guys on Monday. Um, I had worked, and I'm sure we're gonna go into our ridiculous uh, weekends that caused this. But uh, I had worked like a 16, 17 hour day that Saturday. Before we record, we always record the day before you guys get them. So, like today, we're recording on a Wednesday for you we guys do to that have to content keep it, to on keep a it fresh, too, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I had worked my ass off, and Sunday was my only day off. Excuse me, fucking white claw burps. Um, so I've been working my ass off and I really got pelted the day before I had like, I don't know, maybe 12 hours, maybe 18 hours to like kind of recover and then went and did another 14 hour shift. Um, so it just happened that the, the one day that we could record because some days when we know we're going to, you know, there's going to be complications. We can, you know, record a little earlier in the week or the day before and that just wasn't something available. Mason was stuck doing assignments on Sunday. He was really backed up. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure there's complications on your end, too. Uh, and then on mine, I had we did a festival. So we closed off an entire street. Um, and it, it's in New Orleans. It's not like what people think, like the French Quarter part of New Orleans. It's in, it's in the uptown area. Um and they, this street has a, it's called Ferret Street, and they have what's they call the Ferret Fest, which is they just close down like the, the biggest part of Ferret Street, like the way all the businesses are. It's like a six block, uh, block party basically. And what we do is we close off the two entrances of Ferret, um, with stages, and then there's a stage in the middle on one of the streets. And then we take our mobile units, which is like portable uh, draft trucks uh, that you can pour beer off of. And we park those to block the street like we park them, uh, I guess, perpendicular. That way it cuts off access to the street. So you just have this long strip of, uh, you know, just basically like a fucking block party. So we, we had five trucks out there plus the three stages and me and my cousin worked it and we were like, this is going to be easy as fuck. Uh, we got all the kegs, everything's hooked up, everything's running. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful day. So people are going to be drinking, but these people seem cognizant. They know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, we're just probably going to watch a bunch of, honestly, a bunch of Jujutsu Kaisen because we're trying to go see the movie. Well, <laughs> We fucking <laughs> we worked all 16 hours of that shit uh, because this one trailer on Jenna Street kept blowing kegs. And I guess they put all the older senile people together and the dude. So, no, I've never had I've never had someone ask for my phone number. Um, 
in an event like this, you know, where there's multiple people that can help them. And me and my cousin kind of chuckled. And I was like, look, you can just hit me, you know, you can just, you know, radio Tim and Tim will get in touch with us. He's like, no, that's uh, unacceptable. I want your number and his number and I'm ready for the first one now. So I give this dude my number. Wait, and so, like, he's we, being a, wait so he's being a bitch about it? Kind of, but he was just being old. And I don't mean like an old man, just like old ways, you know, like I'm going to get my way. This is how we did it in my day. This is how we're going to do it today. So me and my cousin looked at each other and just kind of fucking like smirked. And I was like, yeah, dude, you can take my number down. I give him my number. and It was the fucking biggest mistake of my life. This dude called me every hour. Fuck, even even less than that, like every 30 minutes he was calling me to come change a keg. And I mean, honestly, folks, I can teach you guys how to change a keg over the phone. And you'd be that much wiser, but uh, he started Wait, panicking. So you he like, would panic. What's up? Are you like, is that not like normally, like if he hadn't had your number, would you have had to see this guy as much as you did? No, because we wouldn't have had to walk up and down the street so much. So like, honestly, I would have walked up the street every 25 minutes 25 30 minutes i'd go take a walk up the street check the kegs check inventory swap kegs you know because most people have a bit of knowledge or at least you go into cool you show them how it's done and they're like oh, okay cool we'll call you if we have a problem and we did that with him and he was just like mm, i don't know like you just couldn't <laughs> understand that you turn it and then you press down on the on the lever and then when it's empty, you pull up on the lever and then you turn it. You just reverse what I showed you, you know. Um, but he was freaking out. He called me and my cousin's like, who's who's calling you? I'm like, dude, it's the guy. He's like, dude, put it on speakerphone. I pick up and this dude's like freaking the fuck out, like panicking, like full blown panicking. He's like, oh, my God, this is Jenna Street. Our kegs are blown. We, we don't know what's going on. We have people here. We have people that need their beer. Oh, my God. Where are y'all? So me and my cousin look at each other. He's like, I guess we're going to walk fucking up the street. We fucking get there. And the dude's just like, where have y'all been? We've been out of beer for like 10 minutes. I'm like, did you call me as soon as the keg flew? Or did you wait? And he was like, well, we didn't know what was happening. We, we pulled it and it started sputtering. It was just air coming out i was like okay so did you call me immediately or did you just sit there with the faucet open expecting it to pour uh so he he just gave me like the runaround so basically we did that about fucking 15 16 times that night um, <laughs> but look dude seventy thousand people showed up to this like not all at once but back and forth you know what i'm saying they, they sold over seventy thousand tickets or whatever um we ran out of fucking beer by three o'clock and this event ends at six. So that's just, just, just give you all like a, an idea of like the volume of what was going on. You ran out of beer at three in the three, afternoon. three in the afternoon. This thing started, <laughs> this thing started at like fucking 10 o'clock. Dude killed every fucking keg. So me and my cousin, you know, like, so it, he wasn't the only one. Everyone's, trailer was doing this but there were people at the trailers that knew what they were doing or former bartenders or or you know 
called well, or I'm texted and just let us know instead of having a fucking full-blown panic attack. Well, even what you've told me, like, I, I think if I saw a keg, I could probably figure out how to tap it. It's honestly just point and click. Um, but it gets fucking better, okay? So when he runs out of beer, he calls again. You know, it's like his 12th call. And my cousin's like fucking throwing his hat. He's like, motherfucker, like what, what's going on now? Like we were just there. He calls, he calls and he is just, you can hear him shaking. Like he's stuttering. He's like about to go into cardiac arrest. He's like, oh my God, all the kegs are empty. We don't have any kegs on the line. We got people here. Do you understand me? We have people here wanting <laughs> beer. I'm telling them that you're on your way with more product. I said, why are you lying to them? We had we don't have any more. <laughs> we don't have any more kegs. He said, I'm not lying to them. You're gonna go get some more. I said, bro, dude, we told y'all before this event that this was not enough kegs, but this is how much I wanted. This is how much I wanted to pay for. There's nothing coming. And as soon as I said that, the fucking boomer in him snapped, snapped, dog. Like, like I want to speak to your manager level of upsetness. And he was like, so you mean to tell me I need to tell these people that there's nothing coming? I was like, well, buddy, like you shouldn't have told them there was something coming in the first place. You wouldn't have had to tell them anything other than sorry, you know? Which didn't help, didn't de-escalate anything. He starts, you know, he he's just in full-blown panic attack. So I got to tell these people, I got to tell them that they can't get beer anymore. I said, no, you're out. You can tell them to go to another stand. That's unacceptable. Uh, you're going to find product. I'm like, dude, call, call your boss because he's going to tell you we don't have any more. And if he wants to find kegs, he can. Because honestly... If we went back and got kegs from the office, it's going to take two hours to get back, (laughs) you know, because everything's because everything's shut down in this area. Yeah. So for us to get out there, get back, you know, a, a 25, 30 minute ride back to the office, go in the cooler, pull the product yourself, write up an invoice get a ticket sold sellable ride all the way the fuck back and then distribute kegs, get the shit signed with a new check. It's, it's, you know, almost time to go. So I was like, look, dude, you're just going to have to come clean. Like, cause at this point I'm just upset, you know? So I'm just being a dickhead. I'm like, sir, you're just going to have to come clean with the customers and let them know that what you told them was a fib. And uh, <laughs> you didn't know that, you know, you didn't know that you weren't getting any more product. And he's just, that's, I've <laughs> in my 77 years, I've never dealt with anything so bullshit. In my life. <laughs> I'm just like, you actually say that? Yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm what like, the fuck? Sorry, what the fuck is a 77 year old man doing? Dude, you, tell, a- you tell me he was running the stand, you know, he was like the stand cabinet. Um, All right, so and- are these like, are these like volunteers or like, so here's the thing, like, so sometimes they're volunteers, sometimes they're workers, sometimes they're part of like a, a club that sponsored this trailer. It can be all over the place. So like at, you know, at this point, dude, I'm sweating my ass off. It's like fucking 
it's like 86 degrees. I'm a fucking mammoth. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm full of hair. I'm sweating my ass off and I'm just over this dude's shit. And I'm eating a fucking slice of pizza. It's I'm on my fucking lunch break, dude. So like, I'm just talking, <laughs> I'm just talking so out of pocket to this guy. And he's getting so frustrated. I'm like, please call, you know, whatever her name is, Tabitha. We'll call it Tabitha. I don't remember her name. I was like, call Tabitha and you tell her what you just told me. And then you tell her what I just told you. I was like, I'm, look, dude, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy my lunch break. Like the only time we get air conditioned is when we can get back to the van, but I've never gotten back to the van because you keep calling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, he calls her and this lady's on the same page as him. She's like, well, we're going to go buy some kegs from the store. And when we come back, we're going to put them online. And I was like, go ahead. But if you do that and you put them on our vehicle, as soon as this event's done, whether you've tapped it or on or didn't tap it, those kegs are coming off. I'm putting them on the sidewalk and we're fucking leaving. You're not getting a credit for that. If you if you buy kegs, if you outsource your kegs from like not through us, we're not taking it. We're not taking responsibility for it. Honestly, my boss probably wouldn't even want them running through our lines, you know? <laughs> So she didn't like that yeah. either. And I was just like, look, man, you guys got like two hours left. Go buy some package beer. <laughs> <laughs> Go buy some package beer. That's awesome. No, yeah. I know the fe- I know the feeling too when you're on your break, because we've talked about many times on this podcast. I'm a I'm a manager at a McDonald's when I'm not in school. <laughs> And I'll be like McDiesels. I go out and I take my break in my car half the time, right? Mm-hmm. And the worst is someone will come out of the fucking store because I've been gone for 10 minutes and one of the fucking moron 14-year-old 15-year-old has done something stupid. No, and they'll no, the customer will come, they'll be walking across the parking lot and they'll spot you. Yep. And I'm sitting and in my car to talk to you. and they'll walk over to you. And I'm this one time, this woman, she's she spotted me from across the parking lot. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I'm sitting because it's like hot out. So my window's down and I'm like eating my lunch. And she comes over and I kind of look over and I turn my car on. And right as she gets to the window, I just put the window up. <laughs> <laughs> And she stands there for about 30 seconds with her hands on her hips. And I just look over and she's looking at me and I just gave her the like, no, <laughs> no, not doing it. Just kind of like fuck off head, head shake. <laughs> she stood there for like five minutes. I just didn't care. I just kept eating my lunch. I totally get that feeling. It's the worst. People are so incredibly entitled. But so while this is happening, my wife's at the another festival which is the one I was telling you about outside of this episode. Um, she's at like a rock, not a rock, like a rapid EDM festival. Um, like Tyler, the creator played and shit. And I'm like a huge Tyler fan. So I was fucking pissed that I couldn't go to that. And I was dealing with like fucking babysitting, you know, the senior citizens United of, of New Orleans, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm just like my added frustration along with being like having a heat stroke and shit. Um, 
but no, what you just said about rolling your window up, it reminds me sometimes when I'm like eating my lunch uh, and I'm working in the city, we have meter maids and I'm sure um, cities in Canada or wherever the hell you're from um, have them as well. You know, um, yeah, bylaw officers are the biggest <laughs> pussies on this planet, dude. So what I do is we'll go eat at, at the grocery store, you know, like one of the grocery stores in the city does like pizzas and shit like that. So we'll get a couple slices and we'll go sit in the car and, and eat, you know, eat. Well, they don't like you just sitting there and I'm not paying, you know, I'm not paying a, a meter to fucking have my lunch. So what I'll do is they'll write me up a ticket and when they go to put it, I'll just turn my windshield wipers on <laughs> <laughs> and they, they get mad. You know, they, they put their little hands on their hip and shit. And they give you that fucking look. And then we just laugh and we turn them off. And then I'll let them, I'll let them put it on my fucking windshield. And then I turn them back on. So now the ticket's just flapping. Because <laughs> we don't pay for those. Our our, our company pays a, a year, a year rate to like uh just pay them all off. So I just have a little fun with the meter mates. <laughs> no, so I'll I'll retract my statement because. I'm sure there are some nice bylaw officers. There may be one or two nice bylaw officers out there. That's what we call them here. The mm-hmm. meter made bylaw officers, but Holy crap. Like they're like mall cops. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you were definitely bullied in high school. If you're, Oh yeah. No, I, I I've had some run-ins not, I've had one. I, I was coming back from getting a haircut and we have like, there's this place with like 30 minute parking. And it took me like 10, I was in Nantan like 10 minutes. And I, there's this guy standing beside my car looking at his fucking watch. Ready to give me a ticket. <laughs> the second I'm there, I was like, it's just, oh, it's so annoying. I'm going to, I'm going to use that windshield wiper thing though. That's fucking hilarious. Dude, it's fucking ruthless. And the faces they give you is just like. Tier, tier top tier level just brilliance yeah well i mean i guess we should get into why i, I i'll bl- i'll take the blame for this one well actually no i won't take the blame but i'm the reason uh we didn't have an episode this monday and as Corey said yes i had a lot of homework but i did have the time allocated and i'll explain I went up to Ottawa this weekend because my super rich, well, is going to be super rich, successful friend had uh, company tickets to the Ottawa Sanders game in the first, the first row. They were amazing seats. It was against Florida. It was the game that went to the shootout. Oh, sick. Um, on, oh yeah. It was absolutely amazing. We went up Friday hit Byward Market Friday night, had the coolest experience I've ever had in a bar. Uh, We got to Byward around 10 o'clock. And if you've ever been to Byward in Ottawa, Friday night, 10 o'clock, you're not getting anywhere. (laughs) You're not getting into (laughs) any bar. So we finally, we stumbled. There's this chain of bars in um, Ottawa. I say they're like a, they do in-house brewing. So they're like a, 
they're kind of like an IPA, like they brew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just took, I just took the um, uh, I just took Hockey Trolls, the one like that down here. Mm-hmm. But they also sell. They, it's also a bar, so they'll sell the stuff they brew. They also sell like import and stuff too. It's a really mm-hmm. cool place. I thought there was like two of them. I've seen like three or four of them in Ottawa. They're actually a really cool spot. Um. Anyway, look at the clock tower. It's open. There's no line because it's kind of an unassuming spot. Right. So we go in, the guy's like, hey, like, what's up? How's it going? You sit wherever the hell you want. So we sit, get, you know, get a couple of drinks, get the night going, get a little buzz going. We, we got in at like maybe 10 after 10. Uh, 11 o'clock rolls around. We're like, there's like another, there's like two other people. Maybe 1130. There's like two other people in this bar, right? I think, no, I'll say 11. Sorry, I'm flip-flopping here. There's like two other people. They're like at the far end of this bar. Can't even see them. Everyone else has left. There's only one bartender working tonight on a Friday in Byward, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because like I said, Friday night, Byward Market, it's always busy. So this guy's an absolute fucking beauty, Corey, because I do the exact same thing if I was by myself Friday night. He shuts the doors at like 10 after 11. <laughs> just shuts them because people start people realize oh this place is open so they start coming he's like no sorry you can use the bathroom but yeah i'm not serving you alcohol and we're like oh like so we 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 were kind of talking to him earlier in the night getting to know him a little bit and then he walks by like after he brings us some brings us our next drinks i'm like hey like do you have to head out soon like do you want us to like get out of here because i you know you know everyone knows that feeling of like there's those customers that won't leave when you're just trying to go. I don't want to be that guy, right? We can find something else to do. He's like, no, man, I'm here till 2 a.m. anyway. You guys can stick around. And then the other two people leave and he comes over. He's like, you know what? He's like, uh, if you guys want to like play some music, the tablet's right there. I'll open it for you. You guys can play whatever you want on the Spotify. And like, so we have this bar. <laughs> to ourselves we're blasting our own music we're taking requests from him he's a big mac miller guy so we got oh, some sick. awesome tunes going it was great it was one of the best experiences i've had in a bar it was weird like i've never been in a bar like i like going to the bar because i like interacting with people mm-hmm. and i think you get that better than going to like a nightclub right yeah yeah like, no conversations but no it was really cool to just have like six of my buddies uh, well, five of my buddies and my girlfriend and just have the bar to ourselves. It was a really cool experience. He comes over, he like offers us some jobs. He's like, you can probably see we're a little understaffed. So like, if you guys want to drop off some resumes, it was a really <laughs> cool experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Saturday, obviously went to the Sens game. Like I said, fucking amazing game. Um, just had a great time there. Didn't have to deal with all the Quebec drivers because it wasn't a Habs game. So I got in. My nightmare experience was much easier. Got in and out of there pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> then Sunday rolls around. Holy shit, Sunday. So, you know, I wake up around 9, 30, 10. Not too early, but. I was okay. I'll leave. I'll leave uh, Ottawa like 10 30, 11, mm-hmm. get home by at least two o'clock. I'll be good to go. I'll record with Corey and then I'll get my, my shit done. Cause I had a bunch of projects too. 
because my girlfriend made me sleep over at her place because she doesn't give a shit about my academic future, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I have this plan. We're going to go get breakfast and then we're going to go wherever. Well, Saturday night, there were some fucking protesters that made me miss dinner before (laughs) we were going to go to the hockey game too. I was fucking, let me tell you, Corey, I was pissed. Like, they were blocking downtown Ottawa. Like, Rideau and Laurier were totally blocked. They're, like, two of the main roads. Sunday rolls around. It's the same fucking thing. They're blocking Rideau and Laurier. So, I get caught in traffic. Just stuck. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I cannot, so, blame these morons because... In Canada, you no longer need to show a vaccination passport and you no longer need to have a mask to enter any establishment, okay? That's not because of the trucker's convoy. That's just because 98% of people are smart enough and got their fucking vaccine and the country's Mm -hmm. opened up. Yeah. And these fucking morons are still protesting on Parliament Hill. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think they know why they're there i'm in my car i'm driving and i'm fucking losing it like i have some road some road rage but i was like genuinely i was like i'm gonna commit murder i'm gonna run over all of these people jesus like i am just gonna hit the gas and keep going like i can't i don't get it they're still in ottawa and i don't even think they know what they're protesting so once again, long-winded apology, but I am very sorry that we missed an episode of Habs Nightly. I think one of the first one times we, it doesn't happen. We usually get some content out there, usually a day late or whatever. We totally missed it this week. I'm really, really sorry about that. Just please direct your anger to the fucking morons with no brain cells who are still camping out on Parliament Hill protesting nothing okay like i apologize i blame the idiocy of others for this one though so yeah that's my tale (laughs) man um i I love your little thing about having like your private your private bar oh Um, it was sick it was because like i'm telling you like that was like after every shift just working in in a city like that because like you basically just go stop at all like the the closed bars and just hang out with like basically just the people that work there like basically it turns into like service industry you know and it's just like a couple of the people just in there smoking a little weed having a couple of drinks you know while like everybody's like shutting down the kitchen or you know doing their final checks and shit like that um (laughs) we used to go to this so there's like this more college-esque um bar on the end of where i used to work it's called molly's on the market um and everybody would go there it's a real young hip place um and you used to be able to find me in there uh eating ice cream because (laughs) because the fucking bartender always kept like uh she was cool as fuck she would shit on anybody and i fucking loved that about her um but like i'd always go in there and give them some uh some food that like one of my uh helpers fucked up like you know like messed up a pizza or some shit 
Yeah. Um, so like I'd always bring food over there and I'd basically be like, Hey, look, I'll give you a pizza. You just give me like, you know, like me like two, uh, Protestant car bombs or, you know, like some, something like that, you know, give me a couple beers. Uh, give me like a shot and a Sorry, beer. What the fuck is a Protestant? <laughs> so car bomb? that's what we called. Uh, they came up with it because, um, is it like an we Irish? Were, yeah, but we were doing. Yeah, we were using <laughs> okay. Tully because oh, I love to. I love Tully. Tully was like uh, my favorite whiskey when so I was that, in my twenties. Is, is that a fucking reference to the IRA? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, so we called it. They they came up with it. They called it a Protestant <laughs> car bomb. So I'd be like, yeah, let me get a Protestant and uh, give me like an extra shot. And I'll give you this fucking, you know, I'll give you this fucking box of pizza. And then, you know, every now and then she'd be like, oh, thank you so much. I've been wanting, you know, I've been craving pizza or chicken strips today. And she'll just give me my shit and then put a fucking like, uh, you know, like a chocolate, chocolate covered ice cream bar on the table. So I'm like sitting in there full of like a fucking bar full of like college kids and shit. Like cause like Tulane kids like going to school for lawn shit. And I'm just this mountain of a fucking 20 year old eating a fucking ice cream bar at, <laughs> at the bar. Like, <laughs> no, that sounds sick. That um, sounds amazing. But yeah, so anyway, folks, uh, this has been the longest winded um, apology we've ever given y'all. If you've listened through it, thank y'all so much. Um, I'll try to give you guys like a, a note somewhere. Um, We'll, we'll make it up in, we'll in do a the, bonus episode. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'll leave a note somewhere in the uh, in the the post notes to let y'all know uh, if y'all want to skip forward, <laughs> skip forward, because I know it get it got real long. But uh, thank y'all again. Um, well, shit. Before we uh, talk about anything, uh, I guess we might as well just get the ad read in, or it'll well, be like an hour later in. What's up? Well, first and foremost, before we do that. Um, or do you do you want to do it after? Because talking about Ottawa made me think about it. We can get to that after the ad read. I assume you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh let's get through uh let's get okay. through the ad real quick real quick and then we'll pull pull it up. So um obviously uh this is an ad read by our sponsors, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team (laughs) means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is also giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Y'all remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So, yeah, Mason, let's get back to what you uh, were, I guess, hinting at moments ago. Yeah, well, speaking of Ottawa, um, the hockey community had some shocking news um, 
delivered to us what was it yesterday or the day before mm, i think it was Tuesday. it was monday was it monday tuesday or, or monday it, Look, it, man, it, the days are rolling together for me unfortunately but Mon- yeah. i think it was monday um it came out that eugene melnick passed away suddenly mm-hmm. after i guess he bat- was battling a a period of illness i wasn't aware of that i think it was kind of kept under the rug um Look, I want to start by saying that uh, I know myself, especially um, on this show, we've te- teased and made fun of Eugene Melnick in the past. And, you know, that was, I want to clarify, all in good fun. Eugene Melnick uh, did a lot, mm-hmm. a lot for not only the Senators fan base, but uh, he did a lot of philanthropy, um, actually more than I thought. He had apparently he had been donating money to Ukraine for years before Russia's invasion. Uh, Melnick is was of course descended from Ukrainian immigrants. Mm -hmm. We talked about early in the year how he was playing the anthem at games in Ottawa, the Ukrainian anthem. And despite you know rumors that you know and Melnick was cheap in the hockey side of spending. He was not cheap when it came to helping out other people and donating to charitable organizations. And you know, I think we often forget, especially in Southern Ontario, where he was the butt of some jokes because Ottawa would not spend the cap in some years. But Eugene Melnick single-handedly saved uh, hockey in Ottawa, NHL hockey in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. He kept that team there when he bought that organization. He fought hard to keep them there he you know did a lot for that organization and the players and the fan base so you know my heart felt condolences and sorrow go out to his family and to anyone who knew him um obviously i think shocking for those who weren't on the end um and on a life taken too short he was only 62 years old um, we wish nothing but the best for you, Eugene. And, uh, you know, your memory will, you will be remembered as a great man in the city of Ottawa. Don't, don't let that be mistaken. You, a lot of, I have a lot of respect for Eugene Melnick. And I just want to clarify that before, you know, as we give last words here, I, mm-hmm. I it was all any times we poked fun of him. It was all in good fun. It's just jokes. I, I do it like it, it's impossible not to acknowledge what Eugene Melnick did for that city, for that fan base, and for citizens of Ukraine and people around the world. Absolutely. No. Uh, yeah, I saw that and I was I was so fucking shocked. Um, because I haven't even really been able to look at my phone lately just because of how much I've been working. And I just, you know, in the mix of you know, just being busy and having just a moment. Like I can't even really open a phone, but I just, you know, hit my home, I hit my home button or my unlock button just to make sure, you know, I didn't get a text from my wife or a missed call from my wife or like, you know, like my family or something. Cause my mom's in the hospital. Um, so like, you know, just like trying to, trying to do what I can. I saw that pop up and, um, I just felt, I felt horrible. Um, yeah, Eugene Melnick has had some some goofy fucking shit um, as like highlight reels for him. But no, um, for a team that people constantly say they don't have fans and and, and shit like that, 
you know, without Eugene Melnick, you know, he can't that, you know, the Ottawa senators aren't like Arizona, you know, as much as I try to stop Mason from shitting on Arizona, um, I don't think the Ottawa senators had backing like they do. So without Eugene Melnick and, and, you know, his team, you know, this team would have ended up either being relocated or, you know, disbanded to make way for a new, a new team. And, you know, they held the ground and kept hockey in y'all's what country's capital. So um, definitely, definitely a legacy being left behind. And I wouldn't be surprised if this young team galvanizes behind that um, in the coming years, just to try to try to get back to where they were in 2017. Um, when they got all the way to the con- what what was that the conference finals? Um, no, I think yeah, it, was the Eastern, it was the East. Yeah. It was the Eastern Conference Finals against Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Uh, condolences on both of our parts. Yeah, man. That uh, even even my cousin, he was just like, you know, everybody kind of pokes fun at, at the Senators every now and then, but sixty two is real young, and that. Honestly, was probably Eugene Melnick had a lot more left uh, in his life to accomplish, mm-hmm. and I think he was he would have continued to have gone on and impacted people's lives positively. So, I think it's it's really it's really sad and it's a shame he didn't get to see this young Ottawa team grow and progress. Uh, look, I shit on the Senators organization a lot, but this is a good young core of players and. It's sad that he didn't just he didn't get to see what they could become. Um, but like I said, I'm sure Eugene is, you know, wherever he is, I think he can be content that he lived a very fulfilling and impactful mm-hmm. life for others, not even so much as a hockey uh, hockey team owner, but as a human being who mm-hmm. did a lot for his community and did a lot for people around the world. Nicely put, bud. Oh, but moving on to hockey news, you know, some NHL Habs news. Finally, I have a feeling this is going to be a long episode. We actually have we have some stuff to talk about here. Uh, where do you want to get started, buddy? I know you haven't been able to watch a lot of the games lately. I have, but, you know, they're kind of in the past. Do you just want to get into some... Some let's signings. Just, yeah, let's just go over some, some signings and or... some of the big, big things that have happened. Um, unfortunately, there's just – I think there's three or four games that happened in between the last time we were able to talk, and I don't want to get too to far be honest, back. I can't remember uh, <laughs> what, the, what the last game was before our last episode. Yeah, so, so, so what, it, we... what it was was the uh, – excuse me, I'm just – Oh, saying stupid shit. Uh, it was uh, the game against Florida when we were just – we almost came back. Uh, but then the, the following game, uh, we beat the fucking Maple Leafs because uh, why not? Uh, then we lost in the shootout to New Jersey, followed by uh, Florida just take, <laughs> taking it to a 7-4. to four. Uh, And then the next game will be uh, the day that this airs. Um, Montreal versus Carolina. So, yeah, so we've missed three games since we would since we talked last and uh it's it's been hard trying to keep up. No, definitely. Um I guess just moving on to the news then. 
Yeah. Big fucking signing. The Montreal Canadiens have signed Jordan Harris to his entry-level contract. They will burn the first year. And that I believe he will have one year after this due to just some weird uh, college rules he might have. I think it's a two-year contract, though, the way things work out. I could be totally fucking mistaken, so don't quote me on that. But he will burn the first year of his ELC regardless. And I'm very okay with it. It's nice to see he's locked up. Um, He had a press conference today speaking about signing. And he said, like, look, like, I was always going to sign here. And he was upfront and honest. He said the only time I ever questioned that was when, you know, people in in management were getting moved out initially and he didn't know who was going to be in charge. And then once Kent was signed, when Kent was signed to his contract, he said, "Okay, I'm, I'm still going to be a Hab." And <laughs> you know, he referenced. He said, "Like for, I, when I was drafted, I said I was going to go to college for four years." And when they asked him why he didn't entertain any other options, he said, "Who wouldn't want to like because it's Montreal? <laughs> like who wouldn't want to sign here?" He ba- basically said, "Like it's the Habs. I was going to sign here." So it was great to see. And he honestly, I know we say this about a lot of guys. We're homers a little bit here. Really nice guy. Seemed like a great, like really nice human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, just down to earth in that interview. I, I I got like, I know you're gonna say that regardless, but he truthfully like really did seem like a nice guy. Um, but on the hockey side, this is huge. Not only uh, because we've locked up one of the top prospects in our pool and one of the better prospects in hockey, but because now he's under team control too, he's joined the team in Florida. He was training with them. He's going to see ice times way sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And we actually heard Corey. I don't know if you saw this uh, funny. Cause we were talking about captaincy last episode or a couple episodes ago. Joel Edmondson and Christian Dvorak took him out to dinner, paid for everything <laughs> the first night he was there. So he's getting acclimatized with the team, getting used That's to everybody. Great. And it's just great to see he's, he's with the main team, with the boys now. Honestly, like that was one of the, the main things that was my points towards when we, you know, when we started making the moves with uh, bringing in the new GM. And I was, you know, like we were like, OK, well, what is our first what do we want these GMs to, to tackle to make us feel comfortable with them? And that was one of my first things was trying to get Harris back on board. And it's, it's great to hear him say that he was always on board, you know, um, but under Mark Bergevin and after his comments, I don't know how um, if I'm in that situation, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. You know, like I'm sure somebody would be interested in me if this falls through it kind of felt very unprofessional. So, you know, I was like, we have got to get Harris back in the right mind frame or like, you know, back wanting to be on, on this team. Well, apparently he never wavered. Like I, I know. And I, it's crazy to hear that now because like we had full on discussions, like, I don't know, like if I'm in his shoes, I think we said, yeah, no, I mean, he wasn't coming here. Do we not? Like, yeah. And along with a lot of people, we were like, okay, well, we just kissed Harris goodbye. Like, that's awesome. You know, like, fantastic. Another thing, Mark Bergevin is fucked up. Um, But no, it's so awesome to see him so excited to be here. Uh, He was all smiles in his press conference. Um, 
and I couldn't be happier. You know, like we need more. I don't know. Well, we've got one of the best defensive prospect pools in hockey, mm-hmm. and signing him to a to an, an entry level contract, and then he will be. We've got him locked. He'll be an RFA after that. Like we've got him locked up for a while now. It only further, you know, um, solidifies that belief. Um, another defensive prospect that was actually spoken about by Kent Hughes recently was Logan Mayu, but we'll get to that after. We have to discuss the other signing, and this should come as no surprise. It's just, a, I think, a formality, but Joshua Wall was signed to his entry-level he contract. Is dominating. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for those of you who may not um, be fully up-to-date on the way that works, he will still continue to play in the QMJHL this year. The contract, you can take it as kind of like an, an extension or like, Mm-hmm. When you when you get a job for like the winter, it take his contract starts in the fall, so it'll be for the 2022-2023 season. So he'll be able to go to training camp, uh, you know, try to get on the team, and then he can go to the AHL if he doesn't or whatever. So the team's got him under control. That's phenomenal. And yeah, Corey, like you said, uh, breaking records at Sherbrooke actually the biggest uh, point total in an individual season in Sherbrooke Phoenix history tonight in only his 51st game of the season. So he's been unreal. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Like just huge point totals for him. Uh, He's a a left wing too, which is, um, which is awesome because honestly, we, we, we just, we just keep collecting this, this defensive uh, warehouse, basically. <laughs> well, and I think it's crazy that I don't even think Joshua Wall headlines are forward prospects mm-hmm. pool. I would say Sean Farrell is definitely right. ahead of him. And a guy that we have been guilty of for foregoing and forgetting about on this podcast. And I think just Habs Nation in general, and we have shown him some love, but Jesse Alonen yeah. uh, made his, not his season debut, but returned to the, the NHL lineup, has two points in two games, both assists. One of them should have been, a, like, was an absolute piss missile from the fucking <laughs> Ovazoid. One timer that was redirected by Josh Anderson. Beauty. And then the next was a great play where he handled the puck, delayed, went into the slot, dropped the puck off. Bar down snipe from Chris Weidman. Yelonen, I think, should be here to stay. Um, he's playing phenomenally. Has had a great season in Laval. And, yeah, since he's made the Habs, he has not disappointed. Corey, I don't know if you've been able to see him, but he's been absolutely phenomenal. No, I haven't, but uh, I've, I've saw, like, the highlights on Twitter from when I can't. Uh, I, I love checking out when, like, another guy pops back in. And – if I'm not mistaken, Yelonen had a couple chances last year, um, but it was kind of short-lived, uh, back and forth. But under Dom Ducharme, mm-hmm. yeah. So getting, you know, Yelonen was on the power play, so yeah. getting opportunities under Marty St. Louis. And speaking of which, Justin Barron also made his Habs debut. He's played yeah. two games, has one point. Listen, it was a great breakout pass, but Suzuki did the rest, okay? <laughs> Suzuki carried it into the zone, you know, passed it off to, I believe, 
Joel Edmondson, who scored his <laughs> first goal of the season, first goal since his father died, an emotional moment for him for sure. And he said so after the post post game press conference. But Justin Barron, I think, has actually gotten a little bit of hate on his social media. People saying, "Oh, like, blah blah blah." Look, he made some mistakes. He made a very bad mistake against Florida. I think it was Florida where he turned over the puck. Look, the Habs Habs put a shit game against Florida. I don't care. They scored four goals, made a comeback. They played a fucking shit game. I don't really blame him totally for that. Rem Pit or no, was it Pitlick or Dvorak ate shit behind him? It was an mm-hmm. unfortunate sequence of events. But his first game in the NHL, first or third, or sorry, first or second. I don't know if he's if he's played three, it was his second. I think it was his first. Sorry. Kind of getting mushy here. Habs go to OT. Justin Barron starts with Cole Caulfield and Suzuki in overtime. His first NHL game, I believe his first NHL game. That's something I we couldn't fathom imagining <laughs> under Dominic Ducharme. Yeah. You know, like that, it was, and not only that, Corey, you, I know you didn't watch. He played three shifts in overtime. Hmm. Wow. Holy was shit. Was out there consistently has seen time on the power play already where he's looked looked good. Like, I think, yes, he's had some defensive mistakes. He's a 20-year-old. He's eligible. If he if this wasn't a fucked up COVID, post-COVID year, he'd be playing in Halifax right now, okay? He's young. He's 20 years old. I, I've loved him on the blue line, to be honest. I think he's an, a phenomenal skater. He might be the best skating defenseman on our team right now. I think Petrie in his heyday, very (laughs) similar, but he's only 20. He's going to get better. And he's got the vision and the passing ability. And what I've really noticed, the offensive, offensive mind, he jumps into place. He's willing to do these give and go passes where he runs into the slot. He, he moves. He's, he's just excellent. I just see so much potential for Justin Barron and, I've got to say, like seeing the way Marty St. Louis was utilizing him and on the power play and in overtime, mm-hmm. it, I'm I'm very very happy with this trade to say the least. I think we're we're all getting to that, <laughs> like starting to feel that. It kind of sounded a little off. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't really think this has been a bad trade. Or oh, there hasn't been a bad new person yet honestly um no i i like like i said i think uh justin Barron has played great so it's good to see and yes he has had some defensive lapses but i think the uh what we've seen in terms of potential and what the plays he has made yeah he's, uh, he's i think they eliminate that in my mind he's so young I just, you know, there's going to be these mistakes. You know, we saw that with, with like, putting KK in so young. We saw it with Romanov his first season. You got to let them go, and you can't punish them for making these mistakes because it's going to happen, and they need to see the error of their ways. But you can't, like, okay, cool, you fucked that up. We'll see you in, like, three games. You know, well, like, and yeah, let and them that's... get a chance to make the mistake and be like, okay, you know, he's he's got leaders on this team that's going to be like, hey, look, you know, like, 
you got burned, you know, or, you know, hey, you know, they're going to take care of him. He's going to get past it. Yeah, and I, I just double-checked. It was his first game with the Habs. He's played four games in the NHL this year, two with Colorado at the start. So just think of Marty St. Louis trusted him right away. And mm-hmm. like you said, playing with Joel Edmondson, which I'm sure, sure has helped him. But, yeah, didn't get punished after making those mistakes. And that's what we've noticed from Marty. Look, you're going to make mistakes. He's played four fucking NHL games. He's 20 years old. It happens. Move on. And you know what? The best players make horrible defensive mistakes occasionally mm-hmm. because they're trying to make a play. Yeah. And honestly, Martin St. Louis is probably the best person to play under uh, just because of his background. You know, he had to work his ass off to get his chance. So, of course, he understands that, you know, when you make a mistake, you, you know, like, he's probably thinking in his past, he's like, I made a mistake. Like, you know, I wish my coach had just given me another chance or or my coach gave me another chance. And that's why I'm here. You know, like he's not so cynical that he understands the process and he has no problem letting these guys get the minutes to, to like, you know, pick up from that. And I've just been in love with this entire new look for this team as of late. Um, I don't know. I just think that every young kid that's coming into this team and every bottom six guy or, you know, or, you know, fucking fourth line guy is going to be just as, um, I guess, gaining knowledge as, as these top guys because Martin St. Louis came from every aspect of that and can help in every way. Um, he's just the fucking best of all the worlds of, of a fucking professional hockey team. No, I, yeah, I, I don't think we even need to, we, we sing his praise so much, but <laughs> I think, yeah, it's cause everything you say rings true. I have nothing, nothing to add or debate about what you said. Marty, Marty St. Louis is fucking amazing. And Ken Hughes has spoken about, uh, bringing him back long-term. So that's good to hear. Oh, uh, would, yeah. would you bring it? No, that is fantastic. I really hope that we see Martin St. Louis for years and years to come. Um, since, you, since you brought up uh, Hughes, did you see, um, I believe it was today, or it could have been the other day, uh, Kent Hughes, before he signed with the Canadians, uh, made a promise. So he, I guess he was a coach of a U16 uh, Boston Junior Eagles team. Uh, and they're in the, the national championship in Detroit right now. And he came back. So he flew to Detroit to, to <laughs> continue to be their coach, you know, to like help them try to win their national championship. So I thought that was so fucking cool. You know, like, you know, he's, he's taken on such a bigger role, but he made a promise to these young kids. So, um, you know, he was able to find time and, and get down there and, continue to be as badass as he is, you know? Ken Hughes just seems like a great fucking guy. Uh-huh. Uh, everything <laughs> I've seen about him lately, you know, he was talking about Petrie again. Petrie's injured, uh, mm-hmm. may require surgery, could be out for the season. Mm-hmm. And it came out that um, they went to Florida and they had some, you know, traveling with the team. And Ken Hughes said, look, go see your family. 
it's okay. Like, and he was talking about, like, him and Marty have both talked to Petrie about the difficulty in seeing his family. And Ken mm-hmm. Hughes said, like, if he needs to leave the team to go see his family, we totally support that and we encourage that. And we're not going to keep him here if he's injured because he can rehabilitate on his own. He can go see his family. Right. And just talking – the way he talks and interacts with the players, you know – through the social, through social media, at least, I think it's great to see. I think he just seems like, like you said, like a, a genuine guy. And there was an interesting little article put out with Chantal Maccabee. I, I can't say her last name well. I can say Chantal, but not Maccabee, very <laughs> French. I'm sorry. Um, who is now, if you're unaware, the PR person for the Habs now, very mm-hmm. well respected journalist. We've, we've spoken about her. Yeah. Um, and she was basically talking to Cole Caulfield. And she was telling him, like, show your personality. Like, we want to see your cheerful, happy personality out there. And if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen or Instagram has been posting a lot of a lot of content, like intimate content with the players. Just recently in Florida, they were mm-hmm. playing a football game in the ocean during the, they went to like. Yeah. And they just picked, like, they just zoomed in on the, the kid who can't stop smiling. Like, yeah, and just <laughs> this awesome content where, like, you really get – it's you're showing the players' personalities. She said, show your personality. And what he said to her was, are you sure? Like, that's that's not how things used to be here. And, you know, basically, Mark Bergevin <laughs> was telling the players to be bland and to go to interviews and not show off who you are. Yeah, no, you – and that's just horrible. Like, like trying to make it like, like you, every moment of every day of your life, you have to pretend like it's, it's a game. Like it's a serious moment. Absolutely. And now it's like, we're seeing like all, it feels like all we're seeing right now is like, like refixing damaging relationship. You know, like we're just seeing team bonding every chance you turn on your fucking Twitter or your Instagram or whatever, and you see the halves. It's like literally like recovery, you know, from like the damage of just like well, being it, too serious or, and not taken serious enough. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but everything fucking makes sense when you realize like how this whole organization was put together. Young guys got no chances. Young guys express themselves. Young guys are going to talk back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even, you see it on, in the way they played. They'd come to the organization vibrant. Romanov, for example, who is starting to recover. And next episode, I want to do a big, maybe we'll, maybe I'll do an extra episode where I talk about Romanov or something to make mm-hmm. up for the last one we missed because he deserves his own episode the way he's been playing lately. He's been on the real. Comes in, fucking throwing hits, jumping into play, cracking fucking slap shots from the blue line, just being a beauty. And then it kind of died at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, and you saw that with a bunch of young guys. I think the Habs management was stuck in the life out of these players. And I'm sure it contributed to the player development. And if there was any question, I know there wasn't much of one. The PK Subban trade, I think in hindsight, was a good trade for Montreal. Went to the Stanley Cup final. Shea Weber was a phenomenal player. You cannot tell me that that was a hockey trade, though. <laughs> and I mean this in no disrespect to Shea Weber. 
absolutely none. It was not 100%. It was Mark Bergevin didn't like P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban expressed mm-hmm. himself. P.K. Subban donated $10, mil, donated $10 million to the Montreal Kids Hospital. And Mark Bergevin didn't like that. He didn't like that he expressed himself. He didn't like that he spoke out, that he was a personality. He traded him. And, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind <laughs> that, yes, it was a hockey trade, but holy fuck, Bergevin must have hated Subban. Yeah, he was, like, basically just being defiant of this, you got to be serious, you got to be dull, you know. And Subban's not like that. Subban basically had his own fucking reality show, you know, his entire fucking hockey career. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just a shame because who who knows what could have happened. Uh, you know, I don't regret anything, but Subban's career may have taken a different trajectory and things would have been very different. Um, but, you know, can't live in the past. It's just interesting to see the way all these dark secrets about the organization kind of are kind of coming to the surface now from even fairly new yeah, players. No, like no, you're right. Like, I mean, think about it. Um, like, he's still – I think he's – you know, I don't know how he feels about it today, but I mean, not that long ago, they asked him a couple of years ago and he was like, I still don't know why I'm not a Montreal Canadian, you know, and it was he just didn't fit, you know, their Iron Curtain fucking style or, or what what Bergevin and and what they wanted. They wanted just a no nonsense, no like no toleration of individuality or your your personality. It was just you're here to play hockey. You can't do fuck all else. Like you can't be your own person. And that's not who he is. Like PK Subban's gonna go on to be a TV person. Like he like there's there's no way in hell that he's not gonna continue a career and doing what he's been doing this his entire career, which is you know not just playing hockey but just being a, a personality within the sport, you know, and encouraging others to play and, and to, to, you know, try hockey or a, watch it. No, definitely. I, I, yeah. Like I said, though, not to live in the past, right? <laughs> like mm. things happen. We made a cup final. I love Shea Weber as Montreal Canadian, but it's, yeah, it's interesting to see what comes out about an organization after the regime i guess you could say falls through but look we've had a long conversation today is there anything else we need to get in before we no i just want to thank everybody uh sorry again uh for for what's going on um i can't wait to start watching some more um i got one more big week which is this week uh this weekend i have the final four for basketball is in the Superdome. I've been stalking. There's no more Doug. Dougie's out, hey? Who? Oh, you're not the key. Doug Eddard? The Dude, fucking... I don't fucking watch anything with they're basketball. Like a, it was a number 15 seed. They made the Elite Eight. It was the first time ever a number uh-huh. 15 made the Elite Eight. And they had like, I don't know how many guys. Uh, we'll say there's 12 men on a basketball roster. They had 11 black guys and one uh-huh. Snow White Princess <laughs> named Doug Eddard, 
and he was a fucking god. He balled the hell out. He got like a wing <laughs> sponsorship. You became like a national treasure. No, it's sick though. Um, the only bit I saw, our buddy Tom Franklin um, was posting about. I think it was like Saint Peter's or some shit. That's them. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Honestly, anything that has to do with me working my ass off. And it's not for hockey, like a sport. I don't care. The Saints, I don't fucking care. Everybody's talking all this shit about a quarterback. I'm like, cool. I hope we fucking don't get one and we sell this team. And now we have this big-ass fucking big-ass stadium to bring in another sport. I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> it ain't my team. I don't care. Um, but, yeah, so I got I to gotta work these basketball games. And, sure, I'll watch them. Because I'm not going to be able to do anything else because you can't hear anything during these. Um, so I can't like watch TV or anything. So I'll, I'll probably end up watching these games. I'll probably enjoy it because um, I love college sports for the just the aspect that they're not getting paid yet. They're trying to make it. So there's still a lot of heart and desire in these games. Um, but yeah, so once we get through that, I could finally start watching the ass end of this season. And then we got. Playoff hockey, even though the Habs aren't going to be in it this year. Uh, playoff <laughs> hockey is always fun to watch. And then I don't know what year they're doing it, but I did see something popped up on my phone. 2024 for the World uh, World Cup. Yeah, they still got to iron out some details. Can't so. fucking wait. Some Dude, best on best. Can't wait. Unfortunately, mm, unfortunately, yeah, Cole Caulfield's not going to be young enough to play if they do the the, the North American team again. They're not play doing with the North the, American team again. Oh, that's so unfortunate, dude. First off, those jerseys were hot fire. Hot fire. Uh, <laughs> and then, dude, it was just the basically all the superstars today were on that team. Um, but, no, that's it. Uh, I just want to thank you guys again. All right. Well, I have two things before we leave. Yeah. First and foremost, bringing up international sports, the Canadians men, Canadian men's national team for soccer qualified for the World Cup for the first time in 36 years. Our second appearance ever. Nice. Fucking big up Canada. Did it without Alfonso Davies. Our last five games. Corey, he's one of the best young players in the entire world. Just a great performance. Full fucking flattened Jamaica after we got robbed against Costa Rica for diving because some fucking phantom fucking elbowed <laughs> them. Literally, no one touched them and they're fucking diving out of their jock straps, fucking pussies. Canada doesn't care. The Great White North is going to the World Cup. I am pumped. Obviously, played soccer my whole fucking life. This is huge for us. And like, I'm just over the moon happy. Like, I can't even just, I just fucking go Canada. Good job, boys. Second, I gotta know. I gotta get your opinion. W- what did you think about the slap? Oh, <laughs> dude, everybody, <laughs> everybody was talking about it. And I was picking up uh, the, the festival my wife was at, Buku Fest. And um, I was dealing with like a $40,000 beer ticket. Um, 
So I was like really stressed out and everybody was talking about it. And I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm over here trying to figure out how I got 200 cases instead of a thousand and four cases on Bud Light. You know, like I'm like having a fucking mental episode over here. Everybody's talking about it. So I finally, like after work, went and looked at it. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like it, 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 it can be staged because I mean. You know, I'm sure the ratings for the academies aren't shit anymore, whatever it was. Um, I've also read that in Scientology, um, the the best way to uh, show someone you're upset is fucking a full on face frontal assault uh, with a palm. And if is Will Smith a Scientologist? Yeah, big time. Like, put his kids. He's in a science. He's a Scientologist. Yeah, gross. Uh, so, but apparently, if you don't slap them in the face, uh, no, my credits, my my credit source is TikTok, folks. So, you know, I could be just balls balls deep, stupid. Um, but apparently, that if you did, if you <laughs> if you don't slap somebody after they, uh, you know, insult you, that a higher ranking Scientologist could then slap you in the face. Let's say, like a Tom Cruise. You know, so <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think it's bullshit, um, but I, I understand. I would defend my wife in that aspect too. But I mean, it's comedy. He grew. Um, Trish Rock has been a comedian way before the PC era, and I understand everybody's feeling this way and shit. And Jada and Will Smith have the craziest fucking um, relationship in general. Just, just um, to interject. Uh, quick Google search. They are not uh, Scientologists. They were. They they had in the past, um, like I guess flirted with Scientology, but allegedly they've been out of Scientology since at least 2012. Oh, good for that. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I heard it on TikTok. It's like hmm, makes sense. Because uh, I remember um, their kids really spoke out against it because they they thought it was like weird as fuck. Because they have brain cells. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, sorry, honestly, if I'm no, 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 if I'm Chris Rock, I'm suing the fuck out of Will Smith. I'm suing the fuck out of Will Smith, and then I'm gonna go because Chris Rock's on tour. I'm gonna sue the fuck out of him, and then I'm just gonna make fun of it on my tour this entire time. I think it takes, I think it, 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 it's so weird. I think it takes a lot of courage for Chris Rock to not do anything after doing that. Yeah. I mean, he does push the boundaries. Comedians always fucking <laughs> do. I commend Will Smith for standing up for his wife. Um, I feel like that could have taken place during a commercial break, <laughs> not on fucking air. Um, I feel like it's a bit classless. <laughs> Just, just in the the sense of, it's an Academy Award, and then he goes on to win one later that fucking night. Um, I don't know, dude. I try to stay away from shit like that because it's always a two way fucking fence. Um, well, I have like two ways, two and a half ways of looking at this. <clears throat> um, first, you know, my first kind of my genuine like first initial thoughts are like you know there there's a 
there's I could I can think of like a couple moral reasons why you wouldn't want to walk up on stage in front of a couple thousand people on a national broadcast that's being broadcasted to millions and slap someone in the face. But I can definitely think of like a couple hundred legal reasons why <laughs> you may want not want to do that. Yeah, like and look, I'm not. I'm not condoning violence, especially on national television like that, where you do have a young audience. So what Will Smith did, like I said, yeah, I agree. Like you shouldn't have done that. Chris Rock's a comedian. Look, I get mad when cancel culture attacks, you know, comedians for jokes. If comedians can get, I don't think they should be able to get canceled for making light of situations. They also shouldn't get punched for, mm-hmm. you know, a joke. Was it insensitive? Yes. Did Chris Rock know about her condition? I don't know. I don't really think it matters. We move on. My other kind of opinion on the matter, I guess, is like on Twitter, people are talking, oh my God, this is toxic masculinity. This is blah, blah, blah. It's not fucking toxic masculinity. Like, Look, (laughs) Will Smith's an idiot for doing that. I totally agree. But, and I'm not saying, you know, call it, if you want to call it toxic masculinity, call it toxic masculinity. If you openly insult a man's wife. Expect the consequences. Yeah, expect some physical harm. And I know a comedian usually and shouldn't have to expect that. But like Will Smith, like you said, and Jada have a fucking horrible relationship but it's public and you know i've seen some jokes about you know (laughs) oh so that's what he doesn't want and -and so-and-so's mouth and blah 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 because you know jada came out sleep he she sleeps with other men whatever that's their business i don't give a shit i really could not give less shits about celebrities but you have to think you know will smith's heard all these jokes and apparently there were jokes made at their expense earlier in the night Mm mm-hmm I'm not going to shit on a man for snapping because if that was me, uh, look, maybe if I have any critique, I don't think you should have bitch slapped him. You should have just closed your fist and went for it. <laughs> but <laughs> like, <laughs> the celebrities are people too. And if that was in a pub and, you know, someone look, I'll be totally honest here. I've punched guys for less. Okay. And I don't think, like you said, you know, expect the consequences if you're going to insult someone's wife. Am I condoning that behavior? No, but it happens. And I don't think it should be shocking to anyone (laughs) that a a man might want to defend his wife if he feels she's being slandered. But at the end of the day, I think the whole situation is fucking stupid. Um. I think it's fucking hilarious that Will Smith won an award after the fact and like went up and gave a speech. It's, it's so... It just screams rich people. It's fucking hilarious. Like, it, it was, just it was literally screams Oscar speech ever. Rich people, because it's like the only people that do that are broke-as-fuck individuals and rich people. Because the middle-class people are like, yeah, I can't afford to slap someone that could fuck up my sponsors or fuck up my job or fuck up my career. And it's like, he's just like, "Mm, 
whatever whatever i'm sponsored by fuck well it. i think like, i think the big thing is is that if a middle class person like i said punch someone in a bar for hitting on or fucking insulting his girlfriend or his wife you don't <laughs> it's not <laughs> televised and not judged by millions mm-hmm. of people right like at the end of the day <laughs> i think what's wrong with this is the fact that it happened on national television yeah i'm it's just I'm giving old, light to bullshit yeah i'm old-fashioned honestly if that was if if chris rock told that joke in like their elite circle of you know fucking uber rich mm-hmm. celebrities and there were 20 of them there and will smith slapped him across the face i think that's fucking hilarious like i mm-hmm. i don't i wouldn't see anything wrong with that <laughs> honestly i think you know as violence is never the answer but sometimes i do think it's excusable but yeah, you don't, don't, like I said, for a few, a few moral reasons, but a lot of legal reasons, I would never recommend <laughs> you open palm bitch slap someone on national television. I will give it to Will Smith though. That was one of the most like solid, <laughs> yeah, impactful bitch slaps <laughs> I have ever seen. Like he fucking hammered him and Chris Rock just ate it. <laughs> and just kept going like i i'd be like touching my face like is there a hand mark but you know jesus honestly i just can't wait for this shit to blow over because it's like i never get on my facebook i have my facebook to like keep in touch with like relatives and like friends that don't live close anymore and it's been days and i got on facebook today and they're still talking about it i'm like yep yeah, i'm signing I off like hope- I hope that this is like starts a trend at the Oscars, to be honest. What, like, like someone get formally fucking slapped every everyone. Like, wouldn't you just love to see like Bill Cosby and Mel Gibson have a fight to the death at the Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> just saying, like <laughs> really, they're all just rich fucking assholes. So like yeah. it's kind of funny. I- I'd pay to see them beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I might oh, tune in oh, for Jesus, that man. Good lord, I I don't tune in. I would never tune into the Oscars for anything else. For <laughs> any other reason. The only like award show thing I've ever watched is when Ricky Gervais gets up there. I don't know if you've seen his golden. Oh, when he thing. shits on uh, oh, Michael, uh Michael Scott. <laughs> Steve Carell. Shits on everybody. He, he made like he says that they're all they were all friends with Jeffrey Epstein and that he didn't <laughs> commit suicide. And he's talking about once upon a time in Hollywood with Leonardo DiCaprio. He says Great Leonardo DiCaprio went to the premiere. He goes says he went to the premiere and by the end of the movie his date was too old for him. Oh Jesus. And he goes, even Prince Andrew's looking at you going, Leo. <laughs> like <laughs> just going in on him like that shit's hilarious i don't care about who wins the awards i just want to see the celebrities get roasted right (laughs) that's hilarious but yeah man i think we've i think this is going on (laughs) very oh definitely if we're talking about fucking leonardo dicaprio at the golden globes i think it's time to cut her yeah so i'm about to i'm about to uh about to close it out also i forgot to bring up i thought the indigenous um 
Canadians jersey, that orange one. I thought the the look of it was sick. Um, I love the color orange, but like the how they made the the Canadians logo look and and the meanings behind the I think it's a, a wampum uh, belt or cross it. I thought it was sick. Anyway, folks, uh, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Thank y'all for accepting and understanding our apology. Uh, we'll do our best to not make that happen again. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Have Nightly and myself by Avengers. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.